Well, good evening, friends. Uh, can I give you a very, very warm welcome to our annual choral service? If this is your first time here, uh, a special welcome, obviously, to yourselves. It's lovely to see you. And uh, I say this every year, but it's uh, said with uh, as much sincerity as ever that we do thank the the choir for uh, giving us of their time this evening and also over the past several weeks uh, while they met to to practice and uh, Nadine uh, whipping them into shape and uh, can I thank each of you uh, for uh, taking the time out of a very busy day to prepare for this evening and the youngest uh, member of the choir who slipped in you will find that uh, his lungs are uh, better than any of us if he should start uh, during the course of uh, tonight's uh, session, but we'll, we'll make sure if he does start, we'll get him way into the back where we can't hear him. Um, but after the service, uh, refreshments will be served through into the, uh, the room at the back. Lots of uh, mince pies and shortbread, I guess. Now, if you don't come back and eat them, it means that as a congregation we will be eating mince pies to Easter. So you have to uh, go through, fill yourself off the refreshments, give us a chance to get to know you a little better. And um, yet you will have an order of service, okay? And uh, everything will follow as per the sheet. So after we sing the opening carol, once in Royal David City, I'll pray. And then I'll be over to Reuben just to come up, and then everything will follow as it's on your order of service. Just the other, uh, one other thing to draw to your uh, draw to your attention: um, the services over the Christmas period are uh, on the back of the sheet. And if uh, you don't have any other regular place of worship, uh, it would be lovely to see you back again. But all the details are on the back of the sheet. And yes, just one other thing. Um, if you have a mobile phone, could you just make sure that it's switched off? Thank you. So let us um, stand to sing. And all the, the hymn numbers are on the board. Are they from the supplement, John? No. Yeah. All, they're all in from the, the, light green, the light green hymn book in front of you. So uh, 311 is the opening choral. Just, we'll stand to sing once in royal. David Sitter. Oh. 
Let's pray. Almighty God, blessed Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the opportunity to gather here this evening to center our thoughts on the wonder of the Incarnation. Thank you that uh, you're a God who is not hidden away in some remote place, that you are Emmanuel, you are God with us. God with us in the person of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and no language on earth has words sufficient enough to give voice to our praise when we contemplate 
all that the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. Lord, the truths that we'll hear read tonight and sung and proclaimed, uh, we ask that you would make them more more precious in our sight. Uh, We will be familiar with the readings and the chorals, uh, all the words that we hear uh, tonight um, will be familiar to us, but we ask that they would come with a freshness to our hearts And as we have gathered, we confess, dear Father, that of all earthly creatures, we are certainly the least worthy to have Christ uh, to become one of us and sacrifice his life for our redemption. Lord, the enormity of our sin is a scandal. The sheer number of our transgressions and iniquities are staggering. Uh, Our culpability is beyond question. The weight of guilt we have accumulated is certainly frightful, and yet uh, the Lord Jesus Christ took the full burden of our sin and disgrace and stood in our place to receive the due uh, punishment. Uh, And so, Lord, we, we thank you for this unspeakable gift that we're able to sing about and focus our thoughts uh, on this evening. And we ask that your spirit would minister to each of our hearts Um, tonight and so lord bless those who will read the scriptures thank you for the choir and grant them a fine voice as they sing your praise and we pray lord that we would leave this place uh, knowing of a surety that we have been in the presence of the king of kings this night in jesus name amen amen and it's uh reuben you're going to come up thank you So the first reading is Christ's birth and kingdom are foretold by Isaiah, which is from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, 6, and 7, which is on page 1069 of the Church Bible. Uh, Verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this.
Our second reading is from Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 to 9. The peace that Christ will bring is foreshown. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not be hurt nor destroyed in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Yeah. 
third reading tonight is taken from Matthew's um, Gospel, um, verses one. Um, verses one. Christ born of Mary. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For what, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Amen.
Our next reading is found from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 16. It's about the shepherds that go to the manger. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 16. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is, born to you this day, in the city of David, a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe, wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a great multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem, and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in the manger. Oh, 
taken from Matthew's Gospel, and it's chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. The wise men are led by the star to Jesus. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king... They departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense and myrrh. Amen.
final reading this evening, John unfurls the great mystery of the Incarnation. Reading from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That light was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, And the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth.
Well, tonight, friends, in the readings from the Word of God, along with the chorals that we have been singing and listening to, and hopefully enjoying, we've heard all kinds of things that are true about the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the Saviour who is born, that his name is called Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. That he is Emmanuel because he is God with us. The one we've been singing about is both truly human and truly divine. And yet, in recent years, it has become more and more evident that the majority of folk don't really know what this time of year is really about. They forget that Jesus is the reason for the season, as the cliche goes. Jesus is pushed to the side and buried under an increasingly early, you know, Black Friday uh, sales, the shopping, the toys, the, the cards, the partying and everything else. Uh, Jesus gets pushed more and more out of the picture with every passing year. And so... Uh, One of the things that's important to do, and I would encourage you as a congregation uh, to consider this as you move through this uh, festive season, is to pause and take a step back from all of the materialism and consider the things that are said by Jesus. Now tonight... We have been listening to and singing things that are said about Jesus. But I want to to encourage you to take time to consider the things that are said by Jesus. For example, uh, children, as you know, say all kinds of funny things as they're growing up. Uh, Some memorable things that are written down by their parents and used to tease them. Um, and all the rest of their lives, you know, what I'm talking about. But of all the, the strange things that you hear children say, could you ever have imagined the first recorded words that come from the lips of the young boy Jesus in the Gospels? What is the first thing that he says, the first time that he uh, has a speaking part Uh, In the Gospels, he says, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Now, if you're unfamiliar with the the context of that, um, Mary Joseph, along with with the young boy Jesus, had gone down to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When the feast was over, they were heading back, thinking Jesus was with them or else with one of the relatives or friends, but he wasn't. And they find that uh, none of them have Jesus. So Mary and Joseph have to make their way back to the temple again. And they find Jesus uh, in the temple uh, along with the, the teachers and the religious leaders. And he's debating and discussing with them. And it was quite an amazing encounter. Jesus asked his mother, Mary, did you not know? Now here's the answer to the question. No, she didn't know. And how do we know that she didn't know? 
Well, because the Bible tells us so. Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And Luke goes straight on to say they did not understand the statement that he spoke to them. And then he went down to uh, Nazareth with them. He went back to Nazareth with them and was subject to them. Uh, And then that was it, uh, you know, for uh, the next 18 years until he's 30 and he begins his public ministry. And then you hear from him again as he begins that public ministry. And he says the most amazing things. For example, he says, I have come down from heaven. Who says I have come down from heaven? Only someone who has come down from heaven. So this boy that was nurtured by Mary is now declaring that he has come from heaven. And he says, the reason I've come down from heaven is to do the Father's will. And the Father's will is that all who look to the Son, that is Jesus himself, all who look to Jesus and believe in him will be saved and have eternal life when they repent of their sin. In other words, when he said to Mary and Joseph, Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? If you think about it in these terms, it was like Jesus was saying, I'm on a business trip. And the business trip that he's on uh, brought him from heaven to seek and to save the lost. In fact, he says, for this purpose, I was born. Friends, it's quite remarkable. And that's why I say to you that you should take time uh, to think about what Jesus said. After 18 years of silence, he begins his public ministry. Now, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, Matthew and Luke give the, uh, the birth narrative of Jesus. Uh, John, in his Gospel, takes us way back before the beginning. Uh, but Mark, in his Gospel, he goes straight in from the ministry the public ministry of Jesus. And so I would encourage you maybe to, uh, here's a challenge for you. Okay, 16 chapters in Mark's gospel. Starting from tomorrow, read one chapter a day. Over the next 16 days, it will bring you up to the end of the year on the uh, 31st of December. And when you read Mark's gospel, uh, what does he say? He, he says, um, I remember, as I say, we, we, we've heard a lot of things said about Jesus, and I, I want you to take on board what is said by him. Listen to this at the beginning of uh, Mark's gospel. Now, after John, that is John the Baptist, was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. He was preaching this Good news that God still loves the world, even though the world had turned its back on God. So Jesus comes preaching uh, the good news of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled. That is the time uh, with respect to all of the prophecies in the Old Testament that had been pointing forward to a coming Messiah. They are now fulfilled in Jesus 
Well, that's a remarkable claim. Now, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the kingdom of God, saying, repent and believe the gospel. Well, that's the word that goes out. The religious people are immediately none too happy. But folks who are wondering about their lives, wondering about their future, trying to make sense of their existence, are very keen to hear what this preacher has to say. And he begins to do miraculous things, which you would expect. You know, if God came down uh, in the flesh, uh, we shouldn't be surprised that he did miracles. Uh, In fact, we would be surprised if he didn't do miracles. And so he heals the leper, and he deals with the demons, and the crowd begins to grow. And he gets up early in the morning, and he goes away by himself to pray. And then the disciples come, and they say to him, we're off to a fantastic start. You know, everybody's amazed at what is happening. And what did Jesus say? Uh, He said, well, let us go to the next town that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I came forth. So we would expect to have an illustration of that preaching in uh, the Gospel of Mark, and he doesn't disappoint us, because immediately in chapter 2, he tells us this amazing story. You'll be familiar with it. The story of a paralyzed man. Some friends carried him to Jesus, and when they got to the place, there was such a hullabaloo they couldn't get in. And so they, not to be discouraged, uh, they went up onto the roof, dug a hole in the roof, and they let uh, their friend through. Dramatic picture, if you can uh, capture it in your imagination. And you know what Jesus said? He looked at the man, and he said, Son, your sins are forgiven. Boy, what an anticlimax. After all, these four friends had brought him there for one express purpose. The guy couldn't walk. Jesus is the miracle man. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees who were there said, you know, this is absolutely ridiculous. Who does this man think he is? This is actually blasphemy. Because who can forgive sins but God alone? Only God can forgive sins. And who does this guy think he is? And you know, the Pharisees were bang on, true. Only God can forgive sins. Now, where did the Pharisees go wrong? They go wrong in their estimation of who Jesus is. What they couldn't accept, what they wouldn't accept, what they couldn't figure out was this man who was before them was actually Emmanuel, God with us. And so they began to grumble and complain, who can forgive sins but God alone? Correct. And Jesus, knowing what was in their hearts, said to them, let me ask you a question. What do you think is easier to say? Son, your sins are forgiven. Or to say, pick up your bed and walk. Which do you think is easier to say? 
Son, your sins are forgiven, or pick up your bed and walk. Surely it's easier to say, your sins are forgiven. That can't be verified, sure it can't. You know, any Egypt can stand and say, your sins are forgiven. But not any Egypt can say, pick up your bed and walk. Jesus verified his claim, verified who he was. He says to the Pharisees, so that you may know that the Son of Man, which is a designation of, of God. You know, so many people say, Jesus never claimed to be God. See, when he says, so that you may know the Son of Man, that's a defined designation he's given himself. He is claiming divinity. He says, so that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I said to you, pick up your bed and walk. And immediately he rose, took up his bed, he went out of the presence of them all, and they went, wow. This is amazing. We have never seen anything like this. Now here's the question. Why in the world would Jesus go at it in this way? I'll tell you why. Because what Jesus was doing was putting his finger on the man's and every man and woman's need, real need. The man and his friends thought that the most significant thing that this man needed was, uh, you know, to be healed from his, uh, from his condition. Uh, and it wasn't that Jesus was disinterested in his condition. Of course he was because he healed the man. But the man's greatest need was to have his sins forgiven. What good would it have done the man eternally if Jesus had said, you know, uh, get up and walk, and he went out and he was still in his sins. When he dies, he goes to hell. His most important need was to have his uh, sins forgiven. His need was a spiritual need. And so the Jesus that we've been singing about the Jesus that healed this man here of his, uh, you know, physical condition as well as his spiritual condition is the same Jesus that is here with us tonight. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner in need of forgiveness. I need a saviour. And that saviour is Jesus Christ. And you know, friends, unless you've done what Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel, then you're sitting there right now and you are also in need of this Savior. What are you relying upon for your entrance into heaven when you breathe your last? A religious background? Your righteousness? You know, I'm not perfect, but I'm not bad. You know, quite a good character. Is that what you're relying on you know we have heard a lot of things said about jesus i've asked you to pause and consider the things said by jesus and here's the final question do you have anything that you would like to say to jesus and if you had the opportunity to say something to jesus what would you say bertrand russell was an atheist and somebody said to him, well, if you're wrong and you, you die and you end up you know, standing before God, what are you going to say to him? And he said, I'll just say not enough evidence. 
You know, the man didn't look for the evidence. The Bible's full of the evidence. The world's full of the evidence for the existence of God. And what about yourself? You're going to stand before God in the day of judgment. What are you going to say? If you had the opportunity to say something to Jesus now, what would it be? Would it be not enough evidence, not interested, or would it be something along the lines of, dear God, I know that I'm not worthy to be accepted by you. I don't deserve your gift of eternal life. I'm guilty, I'm rebellious, I've ignored you. I need your forgiveness. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for a sinner like me. I read and I've been told by that preacher that if I repent of my sin, that you will forgive me my sins. Thank you that Jesus rose from the dead to give me new life. Please forgive me my sin and change my life and make me a new creature. Is that something you would say to Jesus? If you're sitting there tonight and you've said something like that from your heart, you can be sure that you know God will forgive you your sins in Jesus Christ because that's what he has promised. He says, everyone who comes to me and believes in me, I will give him uh, everlasting life. And that's what's offered uh, tonight to you uh, at the close of this choral service. Forgiveness of sins. Uh, peace with God through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the prospect of uh, a joyful eternity in, uh, in glory. Where there is no sin, no death, nothing spoils. That is the, the message of the, the gospel to sinners like ourselves. Come, repent of your sin and embrace Jesus Christ as your saviour. We're going to stand and sing uh, our closing choral. It's number 298. After which I'll just uh, uh, pray if you remain standing and give thanks uh, for the refreshments. And please uh, stay behind afterwards. Uh, just go through into the back room and uh, we'll have teas and coffees and mince pies and shortbread and stuff. So thank you, Catherine.
Jesus is God wrapped in the frailty of our flesh. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to consider and reflect upon all that is said tonight, that maybe even some here will take up the challenge of uh, reading Mark over the next 16 days. pray, Lord, that your spirit would impress these things upon our hearts, that you would be pleased to save the lost. And would ask, Lord, also that you would receive from us our thanks for the refreshments uh, provided uh, following this meeting. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.